0: folks, this is episode 154 of Good Old Bloody Thumbs Podcast. We're back again. I think this is probably a, a monthly podcast now at this point. I actually, I don't know how I feel about it. I like, I kind of like that we take some time off in between. Like, we used to do episodes almost every week. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it would get kind of stale, I, I, I thought, at, at times. Because there wasn't a, a lot of gaming news. And even still, I don't think there's much... Gaming news. There's some, but there's definitely a lot of things we could discuss a lot, a lot more, uh, a lot more with the a lot more going on if we just kind of split it up into longer, uh, longer times between episodes. I think that's mm-hmm. one of those things I, I enjoyed the most. But regardless, yep. uh, as always, I'm here. It's my And Ch Gorog joining me as always. Hey, howdy, hello. So um, we're back again. There's a lot of there's a couple. There's definitely a couple things we gotta discuss here, and and, and I I gotta discuss as well. I, I bought me a new console. That's definitely up uh, up there for discussion. New mm-hmm. console and uh, some definitely some some news that maybe are on your minds there, and uh, a couple maybe a couple of movies we've seen that we can discuss. But yeah, yeah regardless, have how you, how you been good, sir? How, how's how's life in video game land and all sorts of other entertainment between in CH
1: um it's been a little bit slow i'm not going to lie you're you're right you got the you hit the 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 bad dog on the on the nose with the rolled up newspaper it, <laughs> it is just uh, you know it's it's slow and you know it we're just chewing the fat sometimes you know when there's no real um, you know video game news that we have going on but uh, you know there's a little bit more developing now and uh, you know it's summertime is kind of a Acid, sort of nothing really going on. Maybe an announcement here or two there, or you know, little tidbits. But mostly, nothing really big going on. There is, um, you know, a lot, a lot of time just replaying uh, some oldies and goodies, which uh, include uh, uh, um, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, uh, Colavoir as a gunslinger. And uh, uh, I have not finished Bastion yet, and you know that's really uh, that's really strange for me because the narrator sounds exactly like um, Ron Perlman, and you think like that that's perfect because like if I wanted to be reincarnated, I want to be reincarnated as Ron Perlman. And but you know, strange. Anyway, uh, (laughs) and then the new thing, which is uh, Walking Dead season two, the ending of uh, Walking Dead, uh, the season two of
0: Walking Dead. Holy crap, man! Mm -hmm. Totally, totally forgot about that. That's. Definitely, a whole discussion we can get into. Um, but yeah, now that you brought that up, like some of those uh, re- games you've been replaying, so you, you replayed some Alan Wake's American Nightmare, and you still don't like Barry. You still like Barry, right? Come on, no, come on, I, man. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. You're damn right, I don't. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's it's funny that you talk about that because um, with Splinter Cell Blacklist going for some reason, going it, we, got, we got we got to get. You gotta reach a quota of mentioning it at least once in every episode. Yeah, Uh, you know, I I came back to liking the character of Charlie Cole a lot more. You know, when I gave him another chance, where it was like, you know, see, like don't see him as this, see him as this. And I'm I'm trying to like, I'm really trying to like Barry, but uh, it's he's just not a character. I you know, he's the fat, bumbling, idiot, kind of nerd, kind of stupid character. And they did that well in Enslaved with uh, Pigsy. Yeah. Where, you know, he was this kind of perverted uh, techie who's, you know, this fat idiot, but he's also funny. And the writing just isn't there for Barry. Like, I I, I kind of wish they almost made him, like, the very opposite. This, like, this semi-intellectual surfer or so, you know something or you know if anything I, I just don't know why that combination didn't really stick well with barry where you had him you know being the you know referencing lord of the rings and you know it's like oh I, I said a nerdy thing in front of a girl i'm so embarrassed just like mm, this, come on <laughs> that that's not enough
0: <laughs> yeah there, there's definitely some some moments where they could have uh Done a bit more with this uh, with his dialogue, but I don't know. I, I I finally, oddly, find them oddly intriguing. But uh, I could definitely see where a criticism. Is that lies. the Stockholm syndrome talking. I know it is. Probably is <laughs> for for all I know. After this after this long without a podcast, it's already settling in.
1: No, 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 no. But please, no, no. Please, go. I, I didn't mean I I did mean to interrupt <laughs> you because I'm an asshole. But no, go ahead.
0: Yes, what you're saying. No, I mean that's that's, that's about it. Like I, it's been a while since I have played. Uh, American Nightmare. So I'm kind of going off of memory with like the original game and that, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was uh, that was a quality game. I really liked American Nightmare. I really hope they put out a sequel to Alan Wake because I want to know what what happens after that. I mean, after that whole fiasco where you know the there's the ending and there was also additional DLC. What kind of which kind of t- tied up the the story somewhat. It kind of uh, <laughs> further indulged into what happened after that. And there were some really pretty cool design levels in there as well, from what I've seen of, of walkthroughs. I never actually played it personally, but uh, the first yeah, one
1: or the DLCs.
0: The the DLCs for the first one, like there was there there were mm-hmm. some uniquely uh, well designed levels in there. They were, I really enjoyed what I saw, but I just couldn't yeah. I couldn't see myself shoving out the money for the DLC. I just couldn't support no, yeah. it. I mean, as much as I love Remedy, I think it was more on Microsoft's Doing here on that on that end, I don't think Remedy is the type of developer who would hold out content like that. But I don't know; I could yeah. be wrong. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I could be wrong, but it, it's it's probably that. I mean, usually developers don't really developers like to put out their stuff, put the stuff out there. They don't really like to hold back. It's usually the publishers that you know get them gets them to do uh, whether it be DLC or other sorts of non mm-hmm. non additional content that doesn't need to be ne- need to be there like. You know, perfect example like Dead Space Two, the uh, multiplayer. You know, oh and, my uh,
1: gosh, I, man! I, I wish um, the severed DLC was actually part of the story, and the multiplayer was the DLC because mm. it. You know, you, you you don't need that multiplayer. You nobody needs that multiplayer. <laughs> People who enjoy multiplayer don't need that multiplayer. And no, no, it, it's not like it, the Dead Space Two. The Dead Space Two multiplayer is the antithesis of the surprising multiplayer, like uh, Assassin's Creed was it Brotherhood that brought in multiplayer? or was that um...
0: it might have been Brotherhood, I believe it's, it's, been mm-hmm. so, it's there's been so many titles since then that I've just lost track <laughs> uh, it might have been Brotherhood, Unity, I think
1: Revolution uh, d- uh, Disco Fever, I think one of them is we travel back to the 70s and try to stop uh, Disco from ever taking off.
0: Uh, I play that to play that for sure.
1: Robert Redford's actually a Templar. <laughs> oh my god. Mustafa. How great would that be? <laughs> and, um, uh, there's just, uh, you know, it's. And and also, uh, I was, you know, the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood multiplayer or the Bioshock 2 uh, multiplayer where it's like, it's a fun surprise. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, I didn't expect much. And, uh, you know, this is actually a very fun. Little game, and they worked within the universe, and they made something interesting and fun, and that's not what they did for Dead Space Two. Where it's just like, oh, it's the Necromorphs and Isaac. Ooh, this is known as you know ratcheting tension and not knowing where the enemies are coming from. I know. Let's have deathmatch. Like, oh, yeah, I don't think you understood what the game was about, but uh, okay, let's, let's try that.
0: Yeah, like adding adding multiplayer modes for for a game that doesn't have anything resembling that. It's just not. Not intuitive at all. It's just lazy, and just tacked on. Um, but oh, You uh, know, yeah, pretty much. I'm, so, um, uh, I'm sorry. No, no go ahead.
1: And I, I was just thinking, you know, Portal. Portal was one of those games where I thought, how in the world oh, can multiplayer work? You know, it would be confusing as hell. Like, not only do you, would you have to deal with like uh, you know people of various different skill levels and uh just you know experiences but you also have the like what what if they don't have a mic how do you communicate how do you um how do you like think of like complex timing mechanics and i'll be damned valve made an excellent multiplayer with portal 2 as you know we as we played it was you know so much fun to uh, uh you know go into that and just have a have ourselves a grand old time and of course kill each other constantly which was <laughs>
0: yeah i remember that That also that was a whole that was a blast when we did that uh Mm -hmm. this that's that's definitely still on my youtube channel i probably post the videos that we did i think we did two parts of that on Mm -hmm. it's on it's on my youtube i probably posted in the show notes but uh we played some portal Two. that was that was a that was a blast i think we got into like iron man iron man talk uh because it because it was you know how you go from level to level you they kind of uh Disassemble you like Iron Man and put you back together. That's how we got into that whole discussion about like Iron Man and Iron Man Two. I think I don't know if Iron Man Three came of coming out. The uh, if, if it came out during that time, but I yeah, got into, got into that whole discussion and ended up squishing you and switching the wrong lever. That was, <laughs> that was that's a good moments. Fond
1: fond memories, and uh, I I do remember. I know I don't think the Iron Man Three movie came out yet, but I think. Uh, yeah, we were talking about. I think how cool the Iron Man armor was, and I think at that point I was still deluded and thinking that I loved Iron Man too. It's like, <laughs> oh no no no, it's really flawed. But it's got this, it's got this. and Then like a couple of years later, just looking back to, it's like, ooh, that, that's the embarrassing childhood photo of of movie opinions. Just like get it away, burn it. I I don't know what I was thinking.
0: Oh my goodness! I mean, first time I saw it, I knew I moment I saw it, I did, not, I did not like it. I I wanted to like it, but I knew that it wasn't up to par with what the what the first mm-hmm. one had, had set up. It's a shame, but uh, fortunately we had Iron Man three. You know, I like I like Iron Man three a lot. I like the combination of, uh, of Shane Black and and Ramadan Junior once again. I mean, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of my one of my top movies that they've done. I don't so know if like, really good.
1: Yeah, ab- Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is. Definitely one of those, you know, modern day classics. And I don't know if I told you this, but um, uh, the uh, the guy who played the soldier in Iron Man three I don't I, I might have told you this I don't remember. Once again, I got the memory of Gerbil, where he's uh, the the soldier that uh, I, uh, that Tony Stark you know starts look uh, trying to find in I think it's Louisiana
0: hmm.
1: is uh, you know there's this video clip of him talking. And that actor is actually a guy I knew back in uh, at UNCW, where oh, he nice. was just this uh, actor who was working at uh, Screen Gem Studios down there, and Iron Man 3 was filming down in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and he just got a job, uh, and he's like, wow, he's a pretty sizable part of this movie.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He, uh,
1: he was very, very happy to have had it. I, I only talked to him much, much later, apparently since... You know, he was kind of under wraps to not talk about what he was doing. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it was he was really good. Um, so they're, yeah. on,
0: they're on constant sniper watch when it comes to you know filming comic book movies these days. It seems like they can't talk about anything. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, he's private, um,
0: they're bugging their house.
1: <laughs> it pretty pretty much if there's any uh, if like. Okay, do you believe what they're talking about for Batman v. Superman, which is uh, they're not allowed to have jokes? Like, uh, there there man. was apparently, like, a memo quoted from, like, several different sources, like, yeah, we can't have any jokes going on in this movie.
0: Uh, yeah, I read that. Uh, I read that a couple days ago. I, I don't know, to be honest with you. If you look back at all the previous... Uh, you know, movies by Warner Brothers and you know, in DC related really movies, I I can probably it's not too far fetched because some of their movies are you know pretty you know pretty dramatic and pretty serious. They don't really have really a whole lot of comedic relief like they, they know what Marvel does with their movies. So I think they're trying to differentiate themselves in some way from Marvel with the humor. But even even then, I mean, you gotta have some humor in these movies because you just can't have it just be one hundred percent taken serious the whole time. It's just like... I mean, we've had yeah. that already. I mean, we've had those movies. Like That's why I loved Guardians of the Galaxy so much, because they didn't take itself seriously. It was just a fun movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, that one was just such a breath of fresh air, not only because it's... It's certainly not afraid to be goofy and, and just odd and off-putting at some points, and just... There's these weird, really weird tonal shifts that just, like, happen out of nowhere. Where, we, you know, one of my favorite scenes is... Um, is like, the introduction of Star-Lord, where, uh, you know, it's after, you know, it, Peter's been abducted, and it's, like, the Marvel titles, and then you see Star-Lord, like, 20 years in the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it just... He's in this, like, desolate planet, and then he has these orbs that project, like, oh, this is a civilization that was here and it there's pretty dark and sinister insinuations about what happened to the people especially when they have like ooh this little girl playing with a puppy dog they've probably all died in a very horrible way and then as soon as he enters the chamber he just puts on come and get your love and starts dancing in, like to a, to like this completely out of tone just like introduction and i'm like what the hell is going on
0: here i <laughs> love it I know it was just so it was just so different that it just it hooks you in from the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I was looking. I was also when I was reading that as well. I was looking at there was I forgot what website had this, but they had like a, a whole list of comparisons of with DC and Marvel, and then you know from even from like the late '90s when there's you know trying to get comic book movies off the ground, that was just a you know it's early mm-hmm. in this Inception. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's obvious now that I mean this is no this is no. I mean, this is no uh, new. This is not new news, but I mean, there's been a lot, of, a whole lot of Marvel movies compared to DC. A lot of the DC movies these last mm-hmm. couple of years have been Batman, Superman, and that's about it.
1: Uh, hey, hey, hey! You're forgetting about the DC cinematic crowning crown jewel, which is Jonah Hex.
0: Jonah Hex. That was
1: that was the the main dish. <laughs> the Dark Knight was the appetizer for the main entree. That was Jonah Hex.
0: It, it's just this just baffles me how they just they're relying mainly on Batman, but they've also been been relying on Superman. They've been trying to make Superman work for for years since like the the first two movies originally came out, and they've had that, and then they had those other yeah the other you know other movies like Jonah Hex that weren't really comic book movies, but they're you know based off comics. And uh, I was yeah. I, I was looking also looking at a list that Elsa had in there. Steel, remember that movie Steel with Shaq? <laughs> That's the best they got from DC.
1: Oh my god. That is that sadly might be considered one of the better DC movies, just with their batting average. Um it, it that was just such a weird film. Like, didn't Shaq actually sing a, a, a track or two, like for the for the Steel soundtrack?
0: My goodness. I gotta remember.
1: I I, I feel like it was that weird moment where it's like it was a fever dream where it was like Shaquille O'Neal he wants to act eh, go ahead and let him <laughs> yeah. let's uh, let him have this he entertained us enough uh, on the court so why not
0: uh, it looks like he actually did it was uh, Shaquille oh. O'Neal featuring Ice Cube and then some <laughs> other artists in here the songs called Men of Steel this happened and we let it happen it was in 1997 mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah Men of Steel damn I, I mean like i can i can forgive
1: some introductory bad films like the uh the first captain america felt like theatrical film or the roger corman fantastic four film but it's just like now there almost doesn't seem to be an excuse where there, there have been great superhero movies you can make terrific superhero movies with different narrative types different genres and DC just still doesn't understand what to do and with you know with Batman it just seemed to be like oh yeah Christopher Nolan he's great with crime films just let him do this like let him strip away pretty much every single supernatural element and just let him have his day and uh, you know that was good and you know they got the DC guy trilogy out of it and then it's like with Green Lantern it's like oh well why don't we make an Iron Man movie except it we don't know how to make an Iron Man movie. I know, let's make a movie from the 1970s made for TV. And then it's like, oh. So that's what $200 million buys you. Oh, by the way, I have a uh, collection of movies. Uh, I am uh, eagerly awaiting. It's my trilogy of, oh my god, what the hell is this? It's um, In Time uh, followed by Transcendence and Green Lantern. And I hope to do very very soon, either truncated, uh, best of uh, best hits of uh, watching the movie in pain for each of them, or uh, just doing the whole two hour spiel. And just I'm not gonna I, like I rem- I'm glad that the all these movies I've seen once before, and once was enough for me for all of them. So I, I just kind of like to it semi fresh, uh, semi you know dusted away. So you know I, I'll just at them and see uh, and just see how great they've aged.
0: You're 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 a strong willed man, CH. I mean I'd rather play Dark Souls than, than do this. That's how much <laughs> I, I... that's how much I can't I can't do this. I can't watch Green Lantern again. I can't do it.
1: <laughs> the, the skeletons in Dark Souls are like, no dude, come on, this is too much
0: <laughs> Yeah it's just it's uh I mean I don't I don't mean to rag on DC. I like some of the DC's products. I just I don't know yeah. why they're just they're just so behind on the way they should be putting out these movies. They should have had more movies by now, but they're just relying yeah. on Batman and Superman. And I, I I really want this movie to be to be good. I, I like I like Batman, but I want it to, I want it to be good. But I just it's it's too soon already to, to be introducing these car- these other superheroes that haven't even had their own movies yet. And yeah. we don't I, even, we don't even know we don't even know how well they transition into film without having their own films first. It just I don't know. Mm. They're going backwards on this.
1: I I completely agree. I it's weird. Like they're cramming so many other heroes and side characters into Batman versus Superman that it might as well just be a slideshow with like the character and then like his origin and description and then like after an hour and a half it's like, "Okay, now come back for the Justice League movie." And <laughs> it it just DC has l- so little excuse for what they've been doing. Because they, unlike Marvel Studios, they kind of already have all of their characters under one roof. You know, they don't have Marvel Studios kind of over creative oversight. Um, but at least it's not like, you know, Marvel Studios had to kind of you know, start from uh, B and C list characters with, uh, with uh, Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, where they had been, uh, you know, established. Whereas you know Spider-Man and the X-Men were already at other studios, like yeah. they have, uh, they have Batman, they have Superman, they have all these characters, and they don't know how to handle most of them, and the only ones that they could handle were ones that were kind of handled by other people, and there's just no, there's no um, uh, Kevin Feige or. Uh, any creative heads that see like like if Jeff Johns were to take over the d c Cinematic division, that would instead of just being a consultant, that would make me feel better. Mm-hmm. It's like how in the world answer me this question How in the world did guardians of a are Ga- uh, guardians of the galaxy get a movie before Wonder Woman? that what what in what universe does that make sense?
0: It, it, I can't explain it, but it's uh, it's quite unfortunate. I mean that's uh, all they've had for Wonder Woman. It's just uh, the TV show, and uh, they haven't really evolved anything from that. Isn't Howard the Duck? This is random. Isn't Howard the Duck DC?
1: Maybe. No, Howard the Duck is uh, Marvel. Like he's like a really uh, weird so. semi-creation where he's kind of a parody of, of Donald Duck in the real world, and what a weird the movie. movie! Was just like so. Ridiculously bad that people were just like, "Wow, I don't know how in the world that ain't like well, what do you expect? How can a talking duck make sense?" And then, <laughs> like 30 years later, it's like a talking raccoon with a machine gun and a living tree that only says, "I am Groot," that gets an emotional response. It's like, "Wow, okay, you can do this."
0: Just, and just need writing. Good writing, that's it.
1: Exactly. Exactly, and the, and you know the for the Superman movie. I don't know, like the comic books. I'm sure there are some uh, absolutely terrific uh, arcs for Superman, but in all the extra media stuff, Superman's really boring. And you know, the only one that I really liked was Superman versus the Elite, and that dealt with his morality. And you know, people say like, "Oh, well, come on, he's a Boy Scout. Like he has a certain set of rules that he can't break, and he's." not as bad or brooding as Batman. Like come on, he's not going to be as interesting. But then you have someone like Captain America who is essentially the same character for all three move all three movies he's been in. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. And that's what's
0: interesting. Yeah, I mean this it's it just all really goes down to—I uh, mean—who they pick to write these things. It's—they uh, gotta know the—they gotta know what they're writing, and and they gotta translate it well to film. It's just—I think there's definitely a lot of different uh, characters in DC universe they could use. I'm not in, entirely too familiar with them. I know probably a handful of them that could probably work as a movie, but I mean it's—I mean this DC. They got—they definitely got a whole lot of different uh, different. Uh, you know, franchises are and to pull off and make into a movie it doesn't even have to be a superhero movie. I mean, I'm sure they got different, uh, just different stories that are just not yeah. even DC related. I mean, superhero it, related.
1: Yeah, I, I, a Zatanna movie. I would love that um, Swamp Thing. Hell, let's let's go. You know, if if we can care for Groot, let's let's go for Swamp Thing. And it's it, and, and it's like they have such great. Yeah, and WB has so has had so many great directors work for them and they're just not really coming out of the woodwork. I mean the biggest you know Marvel has taken huge creative risks and has gotten the right talent behind all of these things and it's like who would have thought James Gunn, the guy who directed Slither and some trauma films like like he would make a great superhero film that certainly just came out of left field with Chris Pratt as the as the main character, actor like, point to me the movie where it's like no this guy could definitely be the main leading role in a superhero action oriented film <laughs> and, and it just I, I feel like DC's really wasting a lot of talent and a lot of time where it's like you don't need to have Superman in every single character out of fear that everything's going to turn out like Green Lantern where it's like, oh, okay, people want a new character. Well, let's make this new character, except we won't give him a reason why to like him. Like, oh, he mentally, he essentially cripples all these men. Shouldn't you feel, feel something for him? It's like, no, come on. It it, it just... I mean, I, I don't think The Incredible Hulk is that good. It's not a great film, but it's a good film because it has at least interesting characters and scenarios and relationships and that's what's interesting. And like even if like the overall story's not great, kind of like with Guardians of the Galaxy where I didn't feel like the overall plot was great, but I just loved the smaller stuff, the character interactions, just the small humanizing moments. That that is the that's the glue.
0: Yeah. I and mean, yeah, a movie doesn't have to have the greatest story ever, but if it's if it has those good character moments and it's and it's well acted and, and it's just executed well, I mean, the, it can really be good. Doesn't have to be, you know, Shakespearean literature here. No,
1: No, it it really doesn't. But the the thing is that I don't know. Like DC's got this idea of like, okay, we need to have it dark and brooding, without real uh, or you know, aping the Dark Knight style of uh, uh, aesthetics, without really understanding why that worked. It's like, listen, like Christopher Nolan wanted this to be. You know, he wanted Batman to be a very dark and brooding character associated with crime, but it also was a reflection of the city, and that's a character in in Batman Begins, like like the Narrows and like how it's a very dirty, grimy, uh, direct, confrontational sort of area, and just understand like Nolan, if for his first two Batman films at least, understood storytelling. He understood what makes a great story tick, and he and you know just letting letting have uh, letting him have free range really helped. But this it, it feels like okay they're trying for Green Lantern especially where they're just like oh okay we need a shared universe because that's what Marvel's doing, and but we can't copying uh, Marvel so we'll copy the visual style of The Dark Knight without any any of the substance. Yeah, and it's just—it's a real damn shame. I mean, I, I i really feel bad because I love superhero films. I love superhero stories, and this just—it's really just a shame. I mean, I, I thought Young Justice was good. I love uh, the Justice League animated series and the Batman the animated series. Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy will be my Batman to the day I die.
0: Hell yeah! Is the definitive definitive Batman. Anybody who says otherwise. <laughs> it's a darn fool he is the Batman you know
1: I, I um, it's it, it just you know hearing him it, it, the voice it's not that he it's like the lowest gravelly voice it's not like it's the most not monstrous like Michael Ironside did a uh, a version of him in an episode of Batman where they where they did uh, the Dark Knight Returns kind of episode
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it's it just like Kevin Conrad it's that perfect balance where it's like Batman could be a vigilante, but he also has this personality and touch of—I of, don't even know what it is—and Kevin Conroy brings that out. And I, I i don't ever want him to stop. Like I—like I literally hope that—not literally, but uh, you know—I <laughs> I hope that like if even if he like I, I'm sure he's probably sick of playing Batman by now, but I would like to strap him into one of those uh, a Clockwork Orange chairs, just like like showing him. It's like the the montage of uh, Batman, just him squirming, like I'm ready to get out now, please. <laughs> Until he comes out, absolutely loving Batman. Like I can't voice any other characters
0: besides Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like, yes, we will all benefit from this forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it seems like for for me, anyways. It, I think what really really stopped uh, Warner Brothers from. Pursuing any any more any of these kind of superior movies that's not Batman or Superman it, it definitely was Green Lantern I think it took a risk uh, on Green Lantern and just they they're afraid to take another risk again they, they just want to go back to the what works mm-hmm. for them and they're not willing to take risks with uh, yep. new products
1: and Batman is 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 the golden boy they I mean they've consistently had problems with uh you know there's there's never been a series which I mean, I, well, I wouldn't say that, but, uh, you know, with Batman, that's their main go-to guy for video games, for animated stuff. If, you know, Batman's not involved, then it's not probably going to take off. Like, a lot of, like, the DC superhero sh- uh, shorts on some animated films are great, but it's always Batman's, st- uh, on Batman, the actual films. Because none of the other films sell. Mm. And, I mean, you have, you know, you know Marvel, ha- of course, has its go-to... Uh, characters with like the X-Men or Spider-Man or uh, now with you know the, the success of the Marvel Studios films Iron Man and Captain America and I like that so it's diversification but it, at, at least they have a multitude of people with DC it's always just Batman or Superman and nowadays it's a lot more Batman and I'm just, I'm, I'm just I, it's not that I don't like Batman but I, I need to see less of him like how can I miss you if you don't go away
0: Just the Assassin's Creed syndrome with Batman.
1: Yep. The movie's. (laughs) Every every game ends with him just uh, learning a a mind shattering fact that could have been like the interesting part of the story and then just goes back to the beginning.
0: Yeah, Minerva shows up and then we get the cliffhanger (laughs) ending again.
1: (laughs) And then we get Robo Batman or Asriel.
0: Oh man. Oh my uh, and, uh, gosh. I mean, I will give Warner Brothers credit. Like they, the one thing that they consistently, I think, put out really, really good quality stuff is their animated movies. I really like their yes. animated movies. They're, if they could put as much effort into their animated movies as they do in their films, and it, it'd definitely be, you know, in the race with Marvel. But uh, mm-hmm. sadly, that's not the case. But I like their animated movies. I haven't seen the new uh, Batman animated movie, The Attack on Arkham. I don't know if that's. Anything in correlation to the games, but uh, I definitely am interested in checking that out.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm and uh, Under the Red Hood are just—they're phenomenal stories. And same with uh, Superman versus the Elite, and they really put time and attention into uh, hiring the right people for uh, for their roles. Like uh, for they had. Uh, they had Danny Trejo as uh, Lobo, which was no, no, no. He had they. Were, he was Bane. I yeah. was like, wow, like this is this is perfect. Oh, like unlike the movie version, where was like, oh, Bane, this guy who's always been portrayed as Spa- Hispanic. I know. Let's get Tom Hardy.
0: Yes.
1: yes, No see? yes. <laughs>
0: so that's Is that some. I'm from Tijuana. <laughs> You know, I I was born there, but I didn't stay there long enough to get an exit. <laughs> I don't know which country I'm from. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's our that's our thoughts on the whole DC current state of affairs in terms of their the films. Mm. Uh, I mean, I I wish nothing but the best. I hope it's good. Yeah. I hope it is. It,
1: I hope I hope uh, Dawn of Justice or whatever the hell it's being called now. I I really hope it's the, come on! Even if you are hopeful for the film, that's a that's a stupid title. It it, is. And it's it it's you know I I do hope it for the best. I really do. I hope it, I'm proven wrong on everything, and that it is a fantastic film.
0: We'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no no another movie I did see, which I thought it wasn't fantastic, but I I did enjoy it. Uh, I saw Sin City. I didn't did kill for, which not a lot of people saw. I don't know why I didn't do yeah. so well. Oof, a lot of always yeah. be bombing this year. Spendables three didn't do well, and yeah. we got this movie. Yeah, it didn't I mean, do it, well. it, was, it was at that
1: point where Guardians of the Galaxy fell off number one and down to number two, and I think it hit number three, and then just like all the other competition got so lukewarm that that it shot back up to number one just by the essentials of being not as bad. It had it had better legs, hmm. and it's like, wow, is the is this Really, this summer? Like that was kind of a. a I mean, besides the superhero movies, that kind of ended weak.
0: Yeah, pretty lackluster than than past years. Past years have been way a lot better than than this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it yet. But I saw Sin City, a Dame to Kill for. Uh, I, I did not. I did. I did enjoy. I didn't expect much from the movie. I, I actually went in there with uh, not high expectations. I, I I I went in there expecting the same thing as the first one and which is pretty much what it is I mean I didn't expect anything mm-hmm. grand but I did enjoy it for what I, like I love the I love the presentation of the movie the way it looks and and the noir elements just just the whole uh, you know feeling that you're watching a, a noir movie that's just what I liked about the first movie um, it's it's basically some of the some of the stories that go on is the continuation of the the previous movie so you get you get a continuation of uh, the Nancy character from the first movie you know it was Jessica Alba okay.
1: Jessica Alba who was the uh, acting center point of the entire film
0: yes who <laughs> was like all the other performances are judged to this so <laughs> so we got so we got her story uh, her continuation you know she's uh, still struggling with the loss of uh, with Hardigan with Bruce Willis' character mm-hmm. um, and Powers Booth I gotta say he was he, he was the he oh. was really good in the, he was really good in this movie too I mean he was good in the la- in the first one but he was really good in this one mm-hmm. chewing up all sorts of scenery just scenery he's a perfect villain
1: <laughs> it's it's a good thing they have green screen cuz they can always generate more scenery for him to chew because yeah. it's just like it, he's when he's machiavellian evil that's just that's just great
0: yeah it was it was really fantastic and i mean if it, for all else he, i definitely would rec- recommend the scene, the movie just for him cuz he's he a really good performance in that uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, we have that story is one of those you know one of those other stories that that are told in the movie, and, you know the same as the first one. I think there's like a couple different stories told throughout the whole movie and they kind of all somehow intertwine. So we had that and then we also have uh uh Josh Brolin uh he he he's actually playing the same character that uh Clive Owen did in the first movie. And some of the and the story with that is I think I believe from what I r- recall the first movie that that seems like it, his story and in, in, in the Dame to Kill Four was actually the story it was the prequel to the the first movie, uh, mm-hmm. and you you know you get uh, you get Dennis Haysburg who, who was uh, President Palmer from Twenty Four he's playing the Michael Clark Duncan's role with the um, you know the guy uh, rest with, with the, peace. yeah rest in peace to him and he had, he had the Golden Eye. Um, he didn't have that before in <laughs> this movie, so you know there's there's a whole lot more story told through that, and then and by the end of that whole story arc with uh, Josh Bowen, he he I won't say what happens, but he gets plastic surgery and, and he he put prosthetics on to make him look like Clive Owen, and he you know what it reminded me of he he looked like um remember the movie the the Shadow with Alec Baldwin remember that movie oh my oh but. It looked like that. You know how you know you know how Alec Baldwin would turn into the shadow, and he had like the prosthetics on, and like the you know like a bigger nose. It kinda... Wait, okay.
1: I want to make sure that I'm not getting this confused <laughs> with Darkman.
0: No, no, it was it's uh, the shadow without Baldwin. He was like this, uh, like this hat, hat wearing a cape with the guns. It's like it's just blending in with the shadows.
1: Oh my gosh! Yes, I have not seen this since like '96.
0: <laughs> I <don't know>. Wow. <laughs> I saw that movie like a couple months ago. I, I I didn't think it's I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was pretty. It was okay, uh, but but you know <laughs> he ends up looking like uh like Clive Owen. He has the hair and then you know the prosthetics to kind of look like Clive Owen. So that story with 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 him is uh Ooh, did, is
1: a prequel. does he also have the incredibly bad American accent like <laughs> grafted onto
0: him too? <laughs> no, it's just it's just Josh Brolin speaking. Josh Brolin. I I gotta see that first one again. Now that you brought it up, I gotta. I don't remember Clive Owen trying to do an American accent because most of the movies I've seen him in, he's never even attempted to do an American accent. But I gotta, I gotta watch that again. There's a good reason why. Yeah, Um, we got that, and then uh, you know, see Gordon Levitt's in the movie, and uh, he he get his own story with uh, him with him being involved with uh, taking down um, Powers Booth's character as well, the senator. So let's, mm. you get these three different stories that intertwine somehow, and uh, it it was the movie was the movie was okay. Uh, there's, there's definitely a lot of different notable faces in the movie. There's the whole there's a big ass cast in this movie. I, uh, Eva Green was good too. I mean, you get she she had an American accent, uh, which you know. And see. even better,
1: she's naked throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I was going to so say.
0: Her. I was going to say <laughs> that was the best part too. God damn,
1: god bless america she's really she's really going for the oscars this year
0: yeah eva, eva green's looking mighty fine i mean if you if i would i would definitely recommend it just to see just to see that just to see the goods <laughs> eva green is oh. I'm, I'm seeing her in a whole new light <laughs> oh, hopefully it turned on some more lights see some more more lights but yeah she <laughs> she was she was playing this kind of femme fatale uh character um yeah, like I mentioned, there's a there's a whole there's a big cast in there. Some of them are some of them are the same characters from the first one, but they're being played by others because I guess they didn't return for the film. And you know, Michael Clark mm-hmm. Duncan passed away. I mean, we got Jamie Chung playing the uh, the silent uh, samurai assassin chick, Deadly Little Miho. Mm-hmm. Miho and yeah, it's, um,
1: and there's also uh, Brittany Murphy.
0: Yeah. Who had,
1: uh, who passed away? You know, rest in peace as well. Uh, a couple of years, uh, years ago. So, uh, is her character? Does her, car- her character pop up?
0: I, I don't recall. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think uh, some of some of the other characters from the first film were in this one, but uh, no, not, I don't think Bernie Murphy's character was in it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just a just a very very expansive cast. You got uh, you know Jeremy Piven's in it christopher lloyd <laughs> wait wait jeremy piven's in this he's in the movie he plays one of the he plays one of the cops that uh i mean i'm trying to i'm trying not to spoil it but he's you know, he plays one of the cops um that's in uh, one of the stories and and christopher maloney from uh law and order spu fame's in it oh and, uh, and that Chris, is even better and christopher lloyd is in it he plays this uh i gotta i gotta say what he played he plays this uh this back alley very very sleazy uh uh, you know, black, black like black market doctor that that stitches up uh, Joseph Gordon Levin in the movie, and it, it, before he get even to get started on him, he just takes like on just to, 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 to just to steady his hands because I think he's got some type of like arthritis or Parkinson's. He, he was great in that little role he was in. Joseph, got to go back. I'm um, Doctor Graham <laughs> or something like that. He actually said that, um, <laughs> and then and then you get like these very subtle. Uh, very subtle cameo appearances, like through through a movie. Like Jessica Alba was watching, it was like it was it was Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez were wearing this like made you know pretend film of like this Lenar film that Jessica, Balba, Jessica Alba was watching. Um, uh,
1: very very cool. Uh, oh wait, did uh, Tarantino have a cameo?
0: No, not Tarantino. Uh, not, that um, I, not that I noticed. Maybe maybe he was there. Maybe he was wearing all, all makeup and threw me off. But I don't know. <laughs>
1: I, um, he was—he directed uh, a scene, a segment in the first uh, in the first Sin City. So I don't know if he came back for uh, for a scene for this one. Who knows?
0: Yeah, not, not not from what I saw, but um, you know Mickey Rourke is in there. He, his, his character's in there. He's, he was dude. He was, he was in there pretty pretty often in that movie.
1: I freaking love Marv in the first Sin City. Like that was that was when Mickey Rourke really came back. I think it was that, and then the and just him choosing the right roles but I, I think Marv was that really one that was like oh crap Mickey Rourke is still really good
0: yeah Marv Marv definitely had some good moments in this movie as well so that's if, if, above all else he was, he was also a standout in this one he definitely had some good scenes Mm-hmm. Um, yeah overall I, I enjoyed the movie I, it, it was what I expected it didn't do anything new it's just kind of more of a continuation of, of, the, of the first movie and, and then also maybe a little bit in delves into a little bit of the prequel territory with uh, one of the stories uh, that explains a little bit of uh, you know Michael Clark Duncan's character and also Clive Owen's character originally uh, Dwight Then and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the whole um, how, they, how he met Rosario Dawson's character and you know that that whole that whole uh, area of Sin City where it's just a bunch of chicks and leather shoot, shooting shooting at cops you know whoever uh, trespasses in their area so
1: oh Frank Miller is such a sensitive soul
0: yeah where all the
1: men are murderers and monsters and all the women <laughs> are whores or ninja whores
0: that's the that's what it takes to live in Sin City the city will eat you up and spit you out <laughs> get that saxophone playing in the background. Just that, just that very, uh, very, very straightforward cheesy noir that they're that they're going for. I, I, I enjoyed it for for what it was. I, if you like the first Sin City, you'll definitely you'll definitely enjoy this movie and get a kick out of it. I definitely would uh, recommend checking it out if you if it's if they're still showing it anywhere because mm-hmm. it didn't do very well. I could I, there was only like one showing for that movie in, in, in like just regular. 2D. Oh, so everything else is in 3D. They try to get me in 3D. I ain't. I'm not. I'm not converting in 3D. I don't like 3D.
1: No, no. You, you made the right choice. I mean, they're try They try to make, uh, you know, 3D really really cool. But uh, you know, we've kind of learned that it doesn't really add anything to the experience over time. Uh, but you know, there doesn't seem to be, you know, too many interesting films that are going on. They like If I Stay was not really, uh. Not really well regarded. Uh, the November Man was kind of like, eh, it's no action film. If you have, if you can't really watch anything else, uh, I, I got some. Oh, uh, you know, I, I really, I got some really bad uh, review information from uh, when the game stands tall. Uh, so, and I don't know anything about football, so I'm just like, <laughs> oh
0: no, he got a touch point unit. Is that the better? The, is that the Jim Caviezel movie? I th- yeah, I think it is. With and the, with, um, um, Michael Chiklis with like a with, a with like a goatee just just looks off to me with the goatee.
1: <laughs> I I'm try Yeah, it's my Michael Michael Chiklis. I really you know, he's he looks like Jason Statham if he in about like 20 years. Just mm-hmm. like uh, like a little bit like the natural kind of beginning of of like the sexy hero and then just like oh okay this is what happens i i and just yeah not, not a lot of like the most is it has clancy brown that's cool yeah. i love i love clancy brown
0: he was a sergeant in
1: starship troopers
0: there you go we got some correlation to maybe maybe we'll get it'll get you to go see it because he was in starship troopers so i don't know if bill mm-hmm. paxson was in it maybe i'll give it a shot
1: it, it it would be even better if it was like Neil Patrick Harris, Michael Ironside, and Clancy Brown in a buddy cop film, hey. <laughs> where they're all, you know, just one one crazy night.
0: <laughs> you should be you should be in charge of these movie ideas. Uh, it's it's Oscar worthy right there. I know. I I keep writing
1: my letters to Hollywood about this, but uh, they never return my calls. Like imagine this, Jack Nicholson. As an elementary school teacher, <laughs> just a static shock for uh, a static a static shot for uh, two hours of a classroom, like the back of a classroom, and Jack Nicholson just going verbally ballistic on these kids who are, who don't react. They don't react. They don't cry or they don't uh, you know tell him he's you know doing bad swearing or or laugh or anything. They just they just stare at him for two hours and he just like has a monologue and then he leaves and that's the movie. You- I think it would make blockbuster history.
0: I mean, or it could be just a... Or it could be Jack Nicholson in a remake of Kindergarten Cop. That could work.
1: Okay, now you need to start writing into Hollywood and start demanding these types of movies. Damn, that's a good one.
0: Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, they need to make a time-traveling film where uh, Jack Nicholson goes back in time and meets his younger version of himself who is played by Christian Slater. Because that that is the only way Kristen Slater is going to age. And Kristen like Slater. Oh man, he can't catch a break. He needs to pull a Mickey Rourke, where it's like he finds that one really great role. That everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this guy is awesome. Why don't we give him more work?"
0: Yeah, he, I, he's definitely one of those one of those actors. I, I do enjoy some of the stuff I've seen him in, like you know True Romance, and you know, and the and the very short lived show on NBC he had. Uh, my, my own worst enemy? enemy. I I really liked that show. That, that show had potential if it if they gave it another season, you know. No, mm. yet unfortunately, one of those other shows that just ended with a cliffhanger and just it just left you there with, uh, you know, with your hands sticking out wanting some more. But unfortunately, mm. it, it was it was during that time when NBC just almost canceled every show, and uh, I think it's still doing it. But fortunately enough, Chuck still you know still kept it kept it alive and you know managed to end their episode somewhat before it, it got canceled as well but
1: only because they got, got like subway inserted in, in every shot
0: i mean you got to you got to sell out in order to can keep the show going I man damn what, straight that's what you got to do i
1: don't i don't deny that trust me i i would have i was <laughs> glad i i give infinite props to universal for making uh, serenity after the cancellation of firefly but uh you know, the really big important thing is, like, NBC was starting to become, like, Fox, where it's, like, like, e- either, if it doesn't make, like, the largest amount of numbers uh, in recorded television history, because now people watch online and on Netflix, so why do we still measure them in Nielsen ratings? I don't know. Or it's, um, or if it's, like, oh, this is a show that everybody loves. Like, yeah, but it's costing us a little bit more money to keep it on the air, so we're just going to cancel it and uh, and see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's... The way that it's just not adapting to uh, what's going on now, I mean, I, I I definitely guarantee, like, probably Twitch, you know, overall, like, viewership on Twitch, it's, it's just higher numbers than what they get on NBC these days. It's just, uh... It's unfortunate.
1: I, I am glad that uh, they did pick up Community. Uh, Yahoo.com picked up Community for a new season. So at least, you know, I, I do like that now we have extra markets. Netflix, uh, Hulu, um, Amazon is doing their own series now. Like, they have one with uh, Ron Perlman as, like, a, a vigilante priest who's killing people. And I wondered to myself, why didn't I watch this sooner?
0: God damn, this is... Definitely something I put on a list.
1: <laughs> I, I'm telling, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I hear just hear like, yeah, it's about it's Ron Perlman as a vigilante priest, and I just hear, <laughs> so, uh, Splinter,
0: Splinter, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just dead after that. <laughs> and the next thing, next day um, you're gonna tell me, like, Steven Seagal is gonna be in Expendables Four.
1: Um. Okay, if you want, if you had Steven Seagal in Expendables Four, do you want him to play a hero or a villain?
0: You, I, I will probably, I would probably have him be. That's uh, a tough one. Probably, probably be the villain. I mean, I, I liked him in in, in Machete when he was the villain in that. So he definitely, he definitely pull off the villain role. I just don't know how they would execute it with like you when know, when they have that big fight scene with him and Stallone because you gotta have a, You gotta have to have to have a fight scene with Stallone. So I don't know how well he can hold up with Stallone. Yeah. He can't even lift his leg up this, at this point. <laughs> what? Well,
1: uh, I mean, it's... I, I don't think Stallone is going to do this forever. It's it's pretty much just like, okay, we, we got the next... Uh, gener- we get the Star Trek, the next generation of the cast going on in Expendables 3, so... And apparently Mel Gibson was really, really well-received, so if uh, Steven Seagal... Was thinking, you know, what I might be a good henchman or a good uh, antagonist. They could, uh, they could throw him in here, and I think uh, they'd do a pretty darn good job.
0: Yeah, I did see. I did see Expendables three as well. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm mixed about it because it's it was it wasn't rated R. It was PG thirteen, and then uh, and also they they were I mean they were also hinting throughout the whole movie because they were you know they're gonna pass the torch to like this younger you know these younger uh you know these younger guys that they were recruiting as well it, it almost seemed like this might be the last one that they're doing and it, it, would, it would make sense as well because you know they, they didn't really do well in the theaters either and then you know they're also they're blaming piracy as well as a, a cause i don't i don't think that had too much effect on it either yeah but i don't know <laughs> I, if it was just a marketing or just maybe people really didn't want to see it but you know, I don't know. It it, it wasn't. I, I thought. I think two is still the probably the best one. The second mm-hmm. Expendables one that's pretty good.
1: I, I saw the first one, and to me, it was pretty much just like, okay, they didn't really have an idea. They just were like, okay, here's a bunch of cool action scenes. We got everybody, you know, all the, all these big name <clears throat> uh, characters and cameo appearances. Uh, we got this amount of time to film it whatever, we don't really care about a, a, a script or how polished the dialogue is, it's not like, die hard and then I didn't really hear too many stellar things about Expendables 2 so, Expendables 3 you know, hopefully um may, like it, it, maybe it can, would you watch a movie if it didn't have the older guys? Like if it was just like a bunch of the new guys and and apparently Antonio Banderas,
0: Antonio <laughs> Banderas,
1: <laughs> yeah, he, you know like... what? he should be he should, he should be the same he should be, but in character as Puss in Boots.
0: Yeah, he he was actually he was actually pretty pretty good in that one. He was just trying to weasel his way in to the Expendables <laughs> like the whole movie. That's pretty much his all his old arc until you find out a bit more about you know. His past, I thought, I thought he was pretty decent in that he didn't do too much. I mean, either you know, they were just there to be there. But no, I I would probably say the same. I'll probably say the same sentiment. Like the Spendables two, you know, they, you know, they kind of had an idea what they wanted to do now. They had they had a more of a more of a bigger cast with you know notable notable action heroes. You know, they had. They had Chuck Norris in there and then you know, Arnold was in there a bit more and I thought the second one was probably 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 the best. You know, they expanded upon the first one, you know, with the they were just kinda of throwing that idea and see if it stuck, you know, with the first one. And this one they the second one I they, they did a pretty decent enough job and actually had somewhat of a somewhat of a script there that can hold their your intention. Even though it was very cliche, you know, with Jean claude Van Damme, I think it was it was some type of I think it might have been (laughs) Russian, as usual, and then, you know, they were just... All they wanted was just plutonium. That was the whole story. Just (laughs) looking for plutonium.
1: Was it even like, what are we going to use it for? I don't know. Sandwiches, I guess? I mean, what do we use plutonium for anyway?
0: Something bad.
1: (laughs) It, you know, I... I, I'm not a really big fan of of just straight-up action movies, especially a lot of the American ones, but... I, you know, it seems like Expendables 3, and and from your recommendation, Expendables 2, inject a little bit more personality. And, you know, take time to, even though it's kind of like a wink and a nod, like, oh, we're doing our famous lines and our famous roles and having the, just a jolly old time. It's kind of a celebration of a type of movie where it obviously would get critically panned. But back in the 80s, it was like, oh, okay, this is fresh and this is... Interesting and this is new, and you know we get to share this with you at least one last time before the last hurrah.
0: That's the the perfect summarization of Expendables Two. Uh, that's as close as my as as you were describing right there. That's that sums it up. Expendables Two. That's what I that is. Them.
1: I'll go. I'll go check it out since uh, you know, since I, I've heard enough buzz to get me interested. So I'll, I'll check out Expendables two. I think it's on Netflix. So
0: yeah, I believe so. And it's not not a very long movie, so you know, you'll you'll get through it. Even though it, yeah, I mean they don't make these action movies too long. So I mean at least they they're smart enough about that. They don't make a three three hour movie like you know Michael Bay does with these transformer movies. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. Oh um, my.
1: They don't overstay their welcome. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely give that a shot. Um... I would say two over three for sure. Uh, three got three, you know, was almost a depart. It was almost a, kind of a farewell to uh, you know to the to the era of these you know old action heroes and kind of possibly hinting at you know a newer generation taking over. And I, I hear they're trying to get a female Expendables movie going as well. So who knows?
1: That's probably going to happen as soon as the female Ghostbuster film,
0: mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. out, of, out of left field there too. Yeah, uh, very whole, weird. That whole thing's changed since Harold Ramis has passed away.
1: Yeah, yeah, and since, it, it, I mean, they they already, I, I don't know with like, uh, you know, the, and also I, I I will go check out Expendables too, um, but you know with the Ghostbuster thing, it's like, it, it's not like there's too much canon already to where it's cumbersome. Like you can just make it. Almost like an Indiana Jones film. Like you don't need to under know what these characters are going through. You almost don't even need the. You don't even need the cast. You can just say like, "Oh, it's a Ghostbusters team in L.A. or in Washington D.C. or in Louisiana or something like that." Spin and then, it off.
0: yeah, spin it off like Law and Order. <laughs> Ghostbusters Africa.
1: <laughs> I I I can just I, I just would like to see. Um, uh, just a law and order version of of uh, of, of just like uh, terrible puns to open up the beginning, like uh, <laughs> uh, like I'm waiting for like a uh, Bill Murray to say something, and then Bob O'Reilly, O'Reilly plays in the background, just like well, it looks like this looks like this specter doesn't stand, puts on sunglasses, a ghost of a chance,
0: and then yeah, <laughs> that sounds perfect, but. It's it, it just like...
1: I, I know franchises are big and important, but it almost seems like the new trend is it's not franchises, but reboots, which are the big uh, money-getters. Yeah. And then it, 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 it it's just like a different trend, but it's almost worse than just focusing on franchise fatigue. Because, like, with Ghostbusters, it's not even fatigue. I mean, we only have two movies. Mm-hmm. And the second one wasn't even bad. It was just like, okay... You no, know, that was fine it wasn't as good like, there were some nice moments in there but it was not certainly as good as uh, the first one
0: it would be nice to see Rick Moranis
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah well I think all of us would like it. that would you know be everybody's consensus opinion where it's like Rick Moranis he's the uh, he's just like he's the guy who did enough to he... get a name to get uh, enough money for just for security and I was like you know what I'm good I'll head out now, and then they was like, "No, wait! You haven't been addicted to heroin or had a really bad Hollywood breakup yet. Come on, stay here for a little while."
0: Yeah, I think he quit. I think he quit really early before he ended up maybe becoming uh, maybe a shell of his former self. I think he quit early enough where he he wasn't maybe put into these type cash roles, or he'd just be in just so many different movies, and mm-hmm. they were just so bad. I think he he definitely uh, definitely finished, you know. Finished his finished up his movie career early before it it, it got to that point. Maybe maybe he, he would have became maybe the next Adam Sandler for all we know if he still stayed in the business.
1: Oh, I, I I I shudder to just imagine like Rick Moranis had pretty darn good comedies. Honey, I Shrunk the Kid uh, movies, um, you know, Spaceballs, Ghostbusters, and you know just like wow, those are you know some. Classic movies and, or at least kind of well remembered movies, and then it's then it's like okay, I've left my mark. Now I'm done. It's like that. Gosh, I like it, it, someone who's not just greedy. It's like you know what, like Adam Sandler. It's like you know, let's go to Hawaii and have the Hollywood studios pay for it, or like hey, let's go to Africa and get and get and have a reunited and or a reunited session with uh, Drew Barrymore. <laughs>
0: Biggest scam artist ever!
1: Oh my god, he could. He needs to write a book. That's all I'm saying—a tell-all.
0: I mean, if I was in his shoes, I would probably do the same thing. But damn, he—he's <laughs> just brazen about it. Like it was like
1: in Funny People, he didn't even understand the satire that he himself was doing, like in that movie, where it was just like where in you know in Funny People, the uh, the Judd Apatow film, he's you know, essentially playing almost playing a parody of himself. And apparently none of that satire stuck. He's just like, oh, what? <laughs> he probably watched the film and was like, well, it sucks to be whoever this guy is, uh, whoever this movie is satirizing. And just like got up and left and then go went to go film Jack and Jill.
0: Yeah, not, not enough fart jokes. This movie sucked. I hated it. <laughs> he doesn't do it with a little
1: voice like this.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> but anyway, enough about Adam Sandler. Let's talk about something... That uh, involves another filmmaker, but surprisingly, uh, actually involves video games and also a, a film, a video game maker who might actually want to be a movie director. Can you can you guess what I'm talking about?
0: Oh man, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you.
1: You uh, hear me? This is definitely
0: this has definitely been. I wouldn't say it was the most. I, you know, I'll probably say I was surprised about this, but this has been something that's. I think we've talked about before in the past, and maybe discussed in in previous like news. I know that uh, we we you know we got the announcement that Kujima and you know Guillermo del Toro are doing a Silent Hill game, which mm-hmm. is can get which can be very can have very high potential because the Silent Hill series is definitely needs uh, a, a fresh breath of breath of fresh air really at this point. Oh yeah, it.
1: It, and also starring Norman Reedus of the Walking Dead, fan, uh, Walking Dead and uh, Boondock Saints. Fan.
0: Yeah, and, just, a, just a whole lot of a whole lot of questions, and uh, we'll soon be maybe getting the answers to with that. I mean, we had, you know, we got that we got that announcement. Of, you know Kojima is, you know, making the Silent Hill game alongside with uh, Guillermo del Toro. I'm not sure how much he'll be involved in that. Maybe some of the monster designs mm-hmm. for sure. Maybe, oh that my make sense. Yes
1: yes please even if it's just like Guillermo del Toro submitting like stick figure drawings of monsters that for concept art that's perfect just like I'm sorry let me start on back over Uh, del Toro I think inherently knows horror Mm -hmm. like what really irks people and what's uh, really gets them like uh, Pan's Labyrinth uh, Blade Two, even parts of like Pacific Rim and Hellboy Two, where it's like, okay, uh, let's like not forget like horror is about this. It's about you know this unnerving feeling. I think that's perfect up his alley. And uh, with The Strain, even though he's kind of taking, or actually, it's a very accurate comparison. Where in the Strain TV series, he's kind of only the over you know overhead guy, just like seeing like, okay, let's do this and. Even then, like you can feel that uh, you can see kind of the fingerprint on uh, on the work,
0: yeah.
1: And the, the kind of like how no, you know when Nolan produces or does something, you can you can see that. And uh, you know Hideo Kojima, I, 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 geez, like let this guy off the leash, please. He's <laughs> like had like twenty Metal Gear games in the last ten years. It's like come on, give him something new. He's he's practically begging, and uh, there was... He was trying to work on another game, but uh, Sony shut him down, and, you know, he was uh, one one sad... He was, like, walking to the sad Charlie Brown theme in the background <laughs> when, when they shut down that game, and I'm... You know, it's, it's just so great that these two are getting together, where it's, like, two guys who have not had a lot of success with, you know, Guillermo del Toro's getting some and I mean that by Guillermo del Toro's finally getting some recognition and more sales and success with uh, Pacific Rim and The Strain and with Hideo Kojima, you know, he's finally moving out of the shadow of Metal Gear and to do something differently because he wanted to end it like back in 2002 where where it's like, come on, just let the guy move on. And I, you know, it's finally, it's great to see them finally... Doing something new together, even though it's another franchise, mm. it's something that could be really, really awesome, and I'm very, very happy with that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of potential. I mean, even even quite recently since I since I played and finished the Silent Hill 2 for the first time, it, it definitely is really got me interested in seeing what he could possibly do with that series. Uh, and even also playing the 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 PT demo as well. I, I I've seen other people play, and I've I personally. I've played it myself and you know, shockers shocker spoilers people I, I have a PS4 now I bought me a PS4 what? yeah you traitor All right, well, it was time I think I think uh, PS4 is the future mm-hmm. future of gaming no no
1: that's a solid investment my friend I, I'm i still requiring finances to get it but I will join you as soon as I will join you in getting a next gen console as soon as I can
0: alright sounds good I what, mean, you, what did you get for it? Um, well, I, I got it at uh, at the GameStop. You know, and as much people like to say that GameStop is evil, but <laughs> I mean they have they have decent deals. I got and I got PS4. Um, it was during the special that you you buy the PS4, you get three months of PlayStation Plus for free, and then you also get a download code for Infamous Second Son. So I got a, I got a free game oh, out of it, and you know PS Plus, and I also purchased uh, the Last of Us remastered. For the oh wow, nice 4. That uh, must look
1: tight oh, on,
0: looks, uh, on the PS4 It looks glorious, I never played the game on the PS3 originally, but uh, just playing it for the first time on the PS4 it was, it was glorious glorious uh, high resolution uh, no no frame drops at all it's like a nice pristine 60 frames a second it's, it's oh, fantastic, I played I played I, that and, and i beaten it, and I really enjoyed that game it's really good
1: Hmm. I, I just watching the cutscenes and uh, you know the, the, the little gameplay moments where it just it just feels so right. And I, I and that's one of the things that I hope with the uh, Exodus over uh, to the next uh, to the current generation that uh, the PS3 prices will go down so much that I'll be able to get one for cheap and then get The Last of Us just or maybe a PS4 and Last of Us. Who knows? But neither case, I really, really hope to get my hands on, it, just because I know playing it is almost an entirely different experience from just seeing it.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. is. I, I've seen, I've seen a little bit of, of gameplay footage of it, you know, as a kind of a, as a outside looking in uh, for a while. But then I just, you know, I decided to go ahead and, and get to get the PS4, play play Last of Us, and I really have no regrets. It's a really fantastic game. It, uh, it's it's it has elements of uh you know stealth and action as well i mean it, it it's very very much survival kind of action game it, hmm. it really put it really put into perspective like uh all, all my years playing Splinter cell really paid off because I, there's definitely some stealth <laughs> segments that you you're probably better off playing stealth because you get these enemies called the clickers that if they Get near you; they they kill you. You know, with one hit, you get this cutscene animation. You're dead. They like one hit kill enemies. So, and they also, you know, they also incorporate these kind of other, you know, other enemies that are they they can see you. The clickers can't see you, but if you make noise, they'll you know they'll be attracted to you. But they incorporate these other other enemies that are just recently turning, and they're kind of this rabid, very very uh, you know very tenacious, very ferocious uh, you know. Type of enemies that almost reminds you, like the 28 days later, t- 28 days later uh, infections. You know that, that the way that they were going, they were all just mm-hmm. crazy. Um, you know oh, if, yeah. they, if you, those are the enemies that you gotta you gotta worry about because they can attract the clickers to you, and then you got you got all oh, this whole swarm coming after you. It's just crazy. There's so much. Mm-hmm. There's so much to the game that you can mix both stealth and action, but you're probably better off doing stealth for the most part. It's the most oh, yeah. smartest way to play it. Um no, you have no you got that and then, you know, just this very, very, very strong, uh very very strong performances, uh and just really good, you know, blend of cutscenes to the gameplay just all molds well into a perfect perfect uh you know just a perfect experience.
1: That that, that well well said. I, I I love the design of the clickers. I love just the. I, I like how it, it's taking the zombie sort of uh, genre and tropes of of you know the monster zombies, but they're not just. Uh, like they have an explanation. They have a physiology. They have a, at least you know something that makes partial sense of like how this could happen, and there's actually a discussion about. Plot in there because a lot of times, uh, you know, especially with another game we're going to talk about a little bit later, The Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. a lot of the zombie stories don't really have an overall plot. Where a lot of times it's just, you know, going from place to place and talking about humanity and like, well, that it's a great explanation. A lot of times the narration is the narrative is kind of lacking. But you know, in Last of Us, it you know, just watching from you know, just watching on YouTube. Excellent story. Love it.
0: Yeah, it's it's really a good story. It has it definitely has a purpose. It's not it's not one of those, you know, stories like you mentioned, it's just, you know, going from you know, going from nowhere and not really knowing where to go. It's just is something that it's has a point A to point B and you know, you're you also encounter different people and just different enemies and locales that lead you on to that very to the very few the very last moments of that game and just kinda of leaves you it leaves you uh wondering you know in in this and having a discussion on on the ending the ending was definitely can drum up a lot of discussion as to you know whether whether or not the choices that were made were right or not or if they were justified it's just that's how much I'll get into but that's definitely leaves a lot of room for discussion which is really good
1: yeah it's and, and what I love about that is uh, games like the last of us games like Bioshock Infinite and Spec Ops The Line, they approach morality, but they don't, and sometimes it's a very differing sense of morality, and you can't choose anything different than what that character does, but it still, it still doesn't try to tell you one way or the other of how you're supposed to feel about it. And other, like, you know, very simple storytelling would be like, oh, what this character did was bad. And it's like, no, 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 just... Talk about it. Have a discussion. Find somebody and just and really sit down and and really contemplate what these people are doing.
0: Right. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely definitely worth checking out. Uh, I mean, just to finish up our little discussion on Kojima doing Silent Hill, I definitely have some high hopes for it. I mean, I just, I'm really interested in seeing what he what he does <laughs> with uh, with something else that's not Metal Gear. I mean, from <laughs> from kind of what I got out of the kind of the PT. Kind of demo, this kind of playable <coughs> playable teaser that leads you into Silent Hill. Uh, what you may be <coughs> expecting from it. I mean, he he. I mean, from what I played, he, I think he nailed it really well. The atmosphere is what he is what really is important. And I mean, I don't really get scared with horror games that often, but that really that game really irked me. It was really, really un, un, unnerving and, and really uh, just uncomfortable to play it. Like it's just the 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 atmosphere is so well done that's what the Sound of hell really is about it's just uh, unnerving you and just really really grabbing at that at that uh you know what really irks you and that's <clears throat> what, what I really nailed in that in that what I played it's just it, the and the fox engine is really at, at full force here it's just really re- recreating a home like an actual home with just it's everything's so well designed and just so intricately intricately placed and it's really it's a really interesting uh Interesting little demo there. I mean, it also has that Kojima. Is it free? It's free. You can download it for free on the on PlayStation Four, on the PSN. Uh, okay. um, it has that Kojima flavor to it. It was just just so much obscure shit in there that you wouldn't even know unless you is saw it walk Does it have?
1: Is it Norman Reedus having explosive diarrhea in the middle of the in the middle of the thing? It's like,
0: oh no. <laughs> It could explain that. I mean, there's a there's a talking paper bag, in, in, in one of the in the segments before when you start to level, a talking paper bag, a fetus, in, in, in the sink, uh, talks to you. And oh my gosh! And this, uh, you know, it, it centers around this murder that took place in this home. Uh, I think the, the husband killed killed his wife, and she was pregnant. And, mm-hmm. and as you're, you're, you're basically, I mean, you're basically just walking in two different hallways throughout the whole game. You go through doors, and, and every time you go through a door, something about the environment changes. And every mm-hmm. time you go through a door, a door, you know, the color, the color changes. There's just a whole lot of crazy, unnerving shit happens in that game. And just what really gets you is just you know expecting a jump scare because these are jump scares that I think they're really done well. You're you're you expecting look. a jump scare and then you know, when you don't get it, you're just still you're just so anxious and and, and nervous because you're <laughs> expecting it and then when you least expect it, that's when you get it. That's the, it's just so crazy. It just it has that mm-hmm. Kutima flavor and there's so many different ways to approach that game in order to to kind of sort of beat it in order to get this kind of teaser trailer. You know, you you've seen the teaser trailer with you know Norman Reedus walking... In this uh, oh, yeah. walking on the street, and that's pretty much all you get, you know, when you finish that game. There's so many different things that are so obscure that it has that Kojima, so Kojima, gameplay. That, that <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that will work out well with uh, Silent Hill. I hope it doesn't get too insanely obscure and, and insanely Kojima because there's some different things you do in there, and yet I like you gotta look at a phone for a couple seconds and you gotta, you, know, you gotta hear like a baby laugh a couple times in order to activate this, in order to activate the ending and there's so many different ways to do it it's crazy right.
1: I am looking forward to seeing uh, the id of Kojima released of just like, okay I had to do action and stealth and military stuff, now I'm ready to do some horror so looking forward to that yeah, I don't, know if you've,
0: I don't know if you've seen any any of the videos of uh, any of the gameplay not, of it. You I've should,
1: seen screenshots.
0: Yeah, you should definitely check it out. Maybe see, maybe check out a, like a gameplay of it from on YouTube somewhere. But I mean, it's not a very long, uh, not a lot of very not a very long game demo. It's I mean, it depends on how long it takes you to find that what you're supposed to do. But if you can maybe see somebody speedrun it, you can probably just check that out. Every, yeah. yeah, everybody's been playing it. So, I'm actually uh, player, uh, looking player.
1: it up right now on YouTube.
0: Yeah. Definitely, definitely check that out. See what that's about. I think I think it'll get you with some of those jump scares. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, really creepy. Yeah.
1: yeah I, well, it's it's good to see that um, uh, you know horror is now being kind of really taken uh, to heart, and that people are making their way back to you know genuinely scary horror. And uh, what was it I was? Oh yes, I, we we're talking about jump scares. And you know, the thing is that. I think jump scares are just as legitimate as anything else in a horror film. Like, Psycho has tons of jump scares, hmm. but they're earned. They're, like, nowadays, a lot of bad horror films just have jump scares without, like, oh, it's the first opportunity we had to scare the audience. It's not like, no, it's got to be dread and dread and dread and then get the jump scare in.
0: Yeah, I think it nails that really well in this uh, in this demo here. Uh yeah, it, it, it one really of these videos me. is
1: titled uh, "PT Prepare to Shit Your Pants."
0: I mean, I, that's pretty much what I was prepared to do when I was playing that earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's re- it's really effective. I it, it really it really got to me. I, I I know I I played Silent Hill two. I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll get into it too much, but I I did enjoy Silent Hill two, but it didn't really irk me as much as this did. Uh, mm. I don't know. I I, I appreciate Silent Hill too for what for what it was. I really liked the the story of it and just like the just the overall themes of it. There's so many so much symbolism in that game that you can just dissect it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really it really still holds up as much as the voice acting isn't the greatest. I feel like the voice acting in there was somewhat somewhat intentional because uh, some of these people are it? not very stable. Like it just they all they're all there in Silent Hill to face their. Um, maybe their guilt or repression from something, but, uh... Mm-hmm. As, you may, as you may already know, I mean, I might as well spoil it. I mean, this game is, like, what, 13 years old, so... You know,
1: so, earmuffs for those of you who have not been spoiled yet.
0: No, I mean, you play, as you know, St. James Sunderland, who gets a note from his wife, and, uh... Donald goes, Sutherland! Goes, <laughs> goes to Silent Hill. <laughs> you know, you go through, you know, through, through just the fogginess of, uh... Of Silent Hill, and you encountered all these different characters who were kind of facing their own demons as well. You kind of see their demons, and you know this is where the whole Pyramid Head Pyramid Head was created. And then this is why, mm-hmm. this is why, uh, you know, any 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 games after like Silent Hill three, they just try to reuse Pyramid Head because it because it's Pyramid Head. He's but a cool design. He's a cool design, but he's but he was, got
1: um. Implications for his creation that specifically originate from the storyline of this game.
0: Exactly. I mean, Pyramid Head is created, is created by James. You know, his, Silent Hill created this because because of, of James. I mean, each each monster that you encounter is usually based off of uh, someone's care, somebody, somebody's uh, repression or guilt. Like you know, Pyramid Head is created off of James, and then you get these other characters and their monsters you you face and, and you see it's Silent Hill. This is very very, very weird there, I mean, and it all kind of boils down to you finding out that you know James killed his wife because she was she was sick and and you know you couldn't take you couldn't take like, taking care of her anymore, and it just it just got into this whole um, really it was really well done. Like this, you get you walk down this long hallway before you fight the final boss, and you start hearing um, you start hearing uh, his wife talking. Um, it's just moments I guess uh, one of the moments they had during the fight where she just felt like she was she wanted to die and she was just felt ugly and then she just was really pushing away James and then she starts you know emotionally breaking down and uh, you know apologizing for what she said and then it was just really it was really mm. good touching moment there and you know you get these different endings as well depending on very very weird variables um I know that there's. I think I got the maybe the good ending where where James accepts what he's done and just uh, you know moves on, and mm-hmm. and it all the de- and all very depends. Like if you can get different endings depending on what you do, just the weirdest things. Like if you hang out with like Maria, which is kind of this uh, Inception by Silent Hill, is <laughs> like it's meant to be um, James's wife, but in a more kind of seductive and more slutty version of her. Ooh. okay. So if you if you, like, stay... If you stick around with her too long or just, like... Uh, there's moments in the game where she, I think she just kind of lays down in bed for some reason. I don't know why you would want to lay down in bed where there's just all these different crazy nurse... Uh, crazy nurse monsters wanting to kill you at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you go visit her often, you know, you'll you'll end up, like... Thinking that she's uh, real and just being with her at the very end, so it's just all these different variables. If you look at the knife too long, like too much time, and examine it, you'll know, you'll get like suicidal thoughts, and just depend, it just uh, it affects the outcome and the ending. Jeez. it's crazy stuff. And it, it's cool to see that being implemented. It's not an actual choice you make; it's just like what you do actually, what affects the ending. Like just a very, um, very unknown variables. Like you're not supposed to know. Yeah, like you're, like, you're playing this through not without knowing what variables you're activating <laughs> that's gonna, you know, create this ending. Fortunately enough, I oh guess man, I could have a love decent that. ending. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and... Oh. Gosh, I mean, I, 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 I'm really looking forward to see what they do with uh, Silent Hills, because apparently they'd, they're going the route of Alien and Predator, where it's like, <laughs> what are we gonna do to make it really good? I know, an S.
0: You know, you know, Apparently Kojima's that's a ma- all the
1: magic you need.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, Kojima's a movie fan, so I think he got the inspiration from mm-hmm. aliens.
1: I do. A, well, maybe we'll see it like Alien versus Predator versus Silent Hill.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that was crazy! Like after I played Silent Hill two, I started like watching a, a whole different, a, a whole bunch of different lore videos on Silent Hill, and just there's like this channel on YouTube called Twin Perfect to just dissect. Every every game of Silent Hill, and then they also explain to you like why all the games after like Silent Hill three are crap, and how they don't make <laughs> sense, and then, and just try to make a just trying to make a profit out of the Silent Hill franchise, and just they, just, they think they know what Silent Hill's about, but they really, they really don't. Um, but mm-hmm. It's really good, like just there's different so many different parts uh, that they made for that. I just got hooked on it, and just I really understand now most of what Silent Hill's about, and just you know appreciated it for for what it was, even though I just took me this long to, to play Silent Hill 2 that I was too afraid to play it back when it came out
1: it is yeah it is one of those things where it's like okay apparently it's one of the, the you know the one of the most beloved series of video games but horror I mean it's that I, I don't like horror just because I'm not a big I don't know I'm a big scaredy cat so it's like it's usually got to be really really good like something like Dead Space 2 in, or, in order to get me to really get invested
0: yeah, I, I think you could I think you can get through sound a too. I it wasn't yeah, it wasn't too too scary. It's definitely there's there's definitely some disturbing imagery in there and uh the just the sound design is so good. It still holds up. Mm-hmm. So that definitely can get to you as well. Just like not like not knowing like the unknowing the ex- unexpected is what really gets you. Mm-hmm. So that's it's definitely yeah, definitely worth a check, uh if you can find it if you can run it any on anything 'cause I it took it was it took me it was definitely a challenge to get to get it downloaded on on the PC in order to get it to work on modern PCs. You just gotta download this like this community like mod, you know, this community mod patch in order to make it widescreen and just make it run, you know, as as good as it can. But it looked really good for the PC, and I just did, I didn't really want to bother getting the HD collection because I heard so many negative things about it. It's not even oh worth my your gosh. time. Like it's not even worth the time getting it. So I just decided to play the pc version where it was the most optimal and best experience to play it on
1: yeah i i i long for the day where i can play the silent hill hd collection on a console just not nothing against pcs but i just don't want to invest money in a pc just because i'm strapped for cash so come on konami you can do it again i believe in you let's go
0: yeah, I mean, PC, PC gaming is its definitely a, a good market to get into because the, the games are definitely cheap. But, I mean, you're still... At the, at the end of the day, it's never really enough because you're always going to be upgrading this, the the hardware. I mean, I think, personally, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some statistics out there that will prove me wrong. But I think you'll may, maybe I'm spending more on PC yeah. gaming than you actually save just on upgrading the hardware and everything else. But that's just me. I like I like, prefer the consoles because it's just there, and, and it looks good enough for me. I'm not really not a graphics store. I mean, people, some people talk about it all the time, like, oh, I mean, this game would be so good on the PC with the, the frames, 60 frames. Like, shut up. The game yeah. looks fine. <laughs> Your PC stopped. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I
1: think, you know, people who are bragging about Crisis 2 uh, looking great have never considered it again just because, like, yeah, particle effects look great, um, but nobody remembers it just because it was not that memorable, memorable of a game. Man. It, it, Needs to have a good art design too.
0: Yeah, I mean the gameplay is what's is really going to attract me to towards um, almost any game. I mean, if the game looks decent enough, I mean, uh, I definitely play it. Um, oh, well, also, one thing I wanted to bring up real quick—I haven't tried this feature out—but like on, on PlayStation Four, you can actually stream. You can actually stream PS3 games on the PS4. I don't know; I haven't oh, tried it out personally, but I think the price range they got on there—I think it's pretty fair. Like, you can. They have a price range. I think the lowest you can, depending on the game, the lowest you can rent a game out for is like two ninety nine. And depending mm-hmm. on the range of how you want to rent it, if you want to rent a game for like ninety days, it could probably be around like maybe less than ten bucks. But basically, you're just streaming the game. Uh, you're oh. streaming like a PS. You can stream a PS three game. Like they, they don't have all the games on there, but they're you know they're working towards you know putting some you know good PS three games, PS two, and PS one. I know I saw I a saw Microsoft four on there. You could stream that game, and, and and you're not even really purchasing it. But th- even for the price range, if you're gonna only play it for, if you're only gonna rent it for like 90 days, that's plenty enough time to you know play a game and beat it. And you know you're still you know, you're not having to buy it, but it's still decent enough range of price. I think so. I think <coughs> it is. I haven't really tried it out and see how it works. I'm curious to try it out and see how that and report back and how that works, but. Just the fact that you can do that, I think, is pretty amazing. Just to that is game. progressive. Yeah,
1: that, that's a rental system that I'm very interested in. I hope it catches on.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. and just 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 looking just looking at what's on the horizon. I, I think we got Destiny coming out this month, right? So, I may mm-hmm. I may get it for the PS4. I don't know. We'll see how the reviews come out for it, and uh, I'll decide whether yeah. or not I want to want to want to play it. I, I enjoyed the beta for what it was, but uh, it didn't necessarily bloom pull me away. It's definitely fun with others, so I mean, I'll definitely have oh, to yeah. consider that. See what <laughs> happens. But I'm more excited to play. You know, the upcoming single player games like The Witcher Three, Batman, and uh, some, some WWE. Two K Fifteen. I'm excited about that. A huge wrestling fan, do, so want to play that.
1: Do, to paraphrase Walter White hmm. you're gosh darn right gosh darn right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i'm sorry to be a party pooper but uh, I, uh could we I, I was wondering could we go to the kind of uh, uh the big one for tonight uh, which is uh, uh the walking dead season 2 ending
0: yeah definitely i know it's uh kind of getting late here on your end so it's all good we got we got yeah. the walking dead season 2 episode 5 also
1: uh, I'm sorry just one more thing mm-hmm. uh, please check out Madden 15 glitches <laughs> they are the funniest thing I've ever seen they're like they're they're just like because some players turn into one inch uh, or like one foot characters what and it is just the funniest thing I've ever seen or like characters get randomly plucked off the field then flung into the air Jesus <laughs> it is great
0: I've gotta check that out I, I've heard somewhat good things about Madden 15 uh, I mean, not good enough for me to buy it, but, I mean, if I maybe get it for a discount, I'll maybe check it out. But, yeah, we got mm-hmm. we got the the finale of all finales. This is definitely the, the, the most interesting finale of The Walking Dead, for sure, because this actually, we'll, I mean, we'll get into it maybe a bit further here. Um this definitely has ex- uh, branching endings here like comparative to, to like the last season and just the other games you put out like The Wolf Among Us like this this episode here actually mm-hmm. had very distinctive endings like very I think there was like multiple distinctive endings
1: there, uh, there were and uh, you know so spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't been keeping up so far this one uh, this episode of The Walking Dead sort of is the culmination of this season which is uh, which was kind of the reemergence of of Kenny and kind of his slow decline into further insanity and just and just the, the the word that kept popping up with me whenever i thought of Kenny was justification because you know whenever you know he's lost so much that he has to justify living on and and just keeping so true to that justification that nothing else matters
0: Hmm.
1: that like not the not logic not the group not his almost his own moral compass but he has to keep going on and everyone's starting to say like yeah he's starting to he's starting to be like Carver where he's starting to just like kill or you know willing to kill or willing to destroy anything just for you know for his point of view and Clementine is, you know, finally caught kind of in the middle of all of it, and it, it, um, it's a lot more haunting than the, than the, uh, la- than the for ending of the first season of The Walking Dead because it's uh, like the the zombie stuff is almost secondary mm. or tertiary almost, where it's just like these people figuring out what to do next, and Kenny's just this. You don't know what to think of him, just because he's like, yeah, he's a good guy, but you never know what to expect of him, especially with kind of what happens in in uh, the fourth episode and this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. definitely, definitely, a lot of signs hinting to his decline in overall. I guess maybe maybe logic over than over than just emotion, like he's definitely yeah, like I mentioned, he's definitely lost a lot and you start seeing that decline. It's just it starts getting even 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 worse and you don't know how mm-hmm. it's uh how it how how it ends till like the very last uh few minutes here and you just kinda of left with that uh ultimate decision. Yeah, I I'm we might as well just get into some of the spoiler stuff here. I mean it's really hard to gloss oh, yeah. to gloss over it, but uh yeah, if you guys have not played it yet or i interested in hearing what happens here. I mean, we'll probably have to skip over a couple minutes here. We'll probably, I'll probably put in the show notes. You know, when you can uh, continue listening, mm-hmm. but we'll skip over, skip over that, and then we'll you, know, you can get, you can come back to this episode later on when you actually play it. So I mean, we 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 um, you know, so we had the lead up with that. Um, we when I mean, we had so also some somewhat good moments trying to get the the whole group together when they they were at the. Um, they formed a campfire and need this electrical plant. I think mm-hmm. you know they, you're, they're passing out the, the the vodka. You know, getting people, you know, getting people a little, a little unwinding and you know, relaxing.
1: A little bit more liquor. Nothing. Nothing says uh, calming down the 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 agony of living like a little bit of liquor.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had that, and before that, I mean, we still had we still continue that that shootout that happened in, in the fourth episode, and. Uh, Ultimately, mm-hmm. I think everybody everybody dies, and they just leave that one one Russian kid there, and uh, they take him they take him hostage. It's Kenny just being very very uh, very vicious towards him, and uh, oh yeah, that's when especially Kenny him. who
1: almost kills him. Oh yeah, and it goes nuts, and you barely know anything about his character. Actually, it's very interesting with uh, it, it's almost like. You had to be the voice of reason the last time around, and now this time around, you have to be the voice of action where you know you know Kenny almost kills the Russian kid, and you know the the group starts to separate like wh- what are you doing like this kid yeah, he us into a trap, but it's a kid he you know he even if I'm sure it was put to a vote he didn't probably wouldn't have much to say on the matter
0: hmm yeah, it just kind of leaves it in, in the, uh, the very gray amb- ambiguity, ambiguity, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, you don't really know the whole story. It's just, yeah, it's just the group is very, just very uh, unsure about Kenny and in his, his state of his state of uh, conscience right now, and you know they. He'd try to you know speak with Clementine about it just trying to, trying to get some some hold of him it just kind of uh become more and more unstable um I mean we had that and then I'm trying to recall here a little bit so uh, we and they also managed I think they also managed to go to some teleport some type of safe house as well and this is where it kind of all starts to escalate when when um when when they try to get a car working is when I think it was might have been Mike I believe his name was and Bonnie tried to try mm-hmm. to they tried to, to head out and take the car and, uh, and then Clementine you know woke up in the middle of the night and spotted them that they were trying to you know head head out with the with some of the supplies and then that's when all hell broke loose and uh, mm-hmm. depending on what you choose I think the Russian kid still shoot you regardless and that's when you just the art starts to escalate you know he thought Clementine might have been. Maybe been dead, and then she you had this you had this kind of flashback sequence to uh it might have been the scene from the first season where it was with him with her and uh and lee they were they were talking about I'm talking about something do i remember
1: it was just like and it it was an interesting almost discussion point for the episode because it's like how do you go on living yeah there's just so much. Terrible things that happen to you, and just and 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 just and what do you do? And it's just so interesting because you're asking. The game is all is making you ask yourself that question, and it's 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 a very poignant moment where it's like, listen, you kind of have to. It's the most important thing is for an individual to kind of understand their point in the world. No one's going to tell you you know what you should believe in and what and and what you should understand is kind of the most important thing that's up to you and all you can do is follow your philosophy and your beliefs and and just hope that, that that's kind of the right one you can believe with all your heart and and know in your heart that that's the right one but you only only you can decide that
0: mm-hmm yeah, def- yeah, definitely, definitely a strong, definitely a strong scene there. And also, I mean, have been also glossing over, you know, the discussion you have with with Kenny as well, with uh, talking about what maybe what what differently, you know, what Lee would have done if he was there. All, all sorts of discussions like that. So, yeah, I mean, Clementine gets shot, and then the, then she wakes up with uh, with Jane and Kenny in the car and the, and the baby. We still got the baby. They, I think, they named it AJ for Alvin Junior. Might have been the name.
1: Uh, AJ was uh, the name I picked for it. Like you know, Alvin certainly. He was a nice guy. He deserves to live on at least in a little bit and uh, take care of his son. And that was a nice little, uh, nice little tribute.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. maybe um, may, may glossing over some small parts here, but basically you know, after Clementine Clementine gets shot, you know, she wakes up uh, in the back of the of the car that they you know got working with Jane and Kenny. And you know, just this whole thing's been just escalating with them as well. They've just been fighting. You know, both mm-hmm. of them been fighting. Just they don't like each other at all. Um, oh my gosh! No. Um, and you know, uh, there's this thing. There's this roadblock that Kenny got out of the car, and then Jane's try to convince you to just you know drive away and just get away from Kenny because you know he, he, see, <laughs> he sees you know she sees something in him that's it's just not good for 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 them. And you know, you're at the same time depending on. How you go about it I mean, I was I was still willing to believe they're still good in Kenny it's just like I know he's been through a lot and just I was I was defending him for the most part in some in mm-hmm. some situations and then it just got just got escalated to the point where you know you you know you lose the car as well and then they you know him you you I think you lose track of each other so you're you're in this fog you know just trying to find each other everyone gets separated And they meet. They meet up at this gas station, I believe, or or, you know, Seven Eleven somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. And and then uh, I think Jane Jane had the baby. Yeah, Jane had the baby, and then she came back, and she didn't have the baby with her anymore. It it led to a lot of. It led to a lot lot of. uh, That was definitely a tense moment, man. It led to a lot of questions, like, "What the hell happened to this baby? Did did the baby die, or did she kill it?" I mean, it's all sorts of. all sorts of things that you were, you were thinking of and then of was just pissed because she lost the baby and thought, <laughs> and thought the baby was dead and so they had this they were fighting each other and then you just try to get in the middle of it and then it ultimately ultimately, no ultimately uh, what's that?
1: It, it's no use you can't like you, you try to you constantly try to pull them off of each other you try to Stop the fighting, or talk them out of it, and just—it's oh, no. no use. They are concentrated on killing one or, or one or the other.
0: Yeah, it was really tense, and it just—it just leads to this moment where, um, you know, you you have a you have the gun, and you have to choose whether you want to you're going to let Kenny kill Jane or you kill Kenny. That's definitely ultimate. Mm-hmm. That was all. That was the hardest choice he ever made in this uh, in this game. I know, yeah. I know when I was playing, I had that I had the pause it, I had to go like to the to the guide menu. I couldn't decide, and I, I did not know what to do. I really, I really didn't. I mean, I liked Kenny a lot, but he—he he was losing it. I couldn't, I couldn't let him kill Jane. I mean, she, as much mm-hmm. as they didn't get along, I mean, she didn't deserve to die. So I ultimately, I ended up shooting Kenny.
1: Yeah, same here. Absolutely. It's just, you know, Jane. There seemed to be a little, so a little something else going on with uh, Jane. She said, you know, trust me, and Jane seems to have a good head on her shoulder, and, you know, it, and much more at least cool like you know she's obviously not as uh, well spoken as she should be but you know there was just something else going on where it's like yeah I you know I trust you there's there's way too much going on for her for the baby just not to disappear completely from the story
0: mm-hmm.
1: and with Kenny it's it was just like he's gone he's just so obsessed with justifying a reason to go on living that he's just going to make this the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the group was split up because of just his increasing uh, volatility and it's like, listen the guy who was like the nice father and you know the guy who was just doing everything he could to keep everyone alive he's gone now it's just this guy who's completely Almost psychopathic about finding, you know, his reason of living is the best reason for living, and anybody who disagrees is wrong and will get violent comeuppance.
0: Yeah, it was a really interesting actual devolution of of Kenny. Like you see most most in in games, just the evolution of a character and how they how they grow. But it's just it was just since he's lost, you know, his his son and wife in the first season, it would just become a steady. Decline, just the de-evolution of uh, of that person you once knew. Uh, the first season, and mm-hmm. you know after after that, you know after you shoot Kenny, he, he realizes kind of the error of his ways and just uh, is kind of ready to uh, you know ready to pass on and just you know uh, uh, apologizes to Clementine for you know what he's, what he's done and what he's become and uh, he just really you get that touching moment with him. After mm-hmm. that, you hear you hear off in the distance. You hear the you hear the baby uh, crying, and then you see the and you walk towards the baby is in is in this car, abandoned car, uh, and then you realize that that uh, that Jane uh, pretty much lied to you about the baby being gone somehow. you mean, I mean, she didn't really get into specifics on what happened at you know, that moment when you found out that she didn't have the baby, but. Uh, ultimately, I ultimately I thought that maybe it died because of the because of hunger or, or because of because it was cold, or this initially I thought it was I zombie. Maybe that too, but
1: there was just that moment where it was like, oh shit, she doesn't have the baby. Did she use it to distract the zombie?
0: My god,
1: <laughs> ooh, that that would have been dark. Yeah, but it, you know, it, it was it it just got all those right elements in there and you know at the end of the at the end of the game uh, you know the, the, of course it's determined upon your choices and I think there's some like you let Kenny kill Jane and then you can kill Kenny or um,
0: yeah it's all sorts you,
1: yeah, and, and, and you can kill Kenny Jane will explain her like listen like he was crazy I had to show I had to show you literally to show you how far he would go and then you could just leave jane and it's just you know all these different variations Or you could go with jane or go with kenny and it's just you know lots of different ending choices and
0: yeah it got into some it got into some mass effect uh mass effect one type of territory there with the 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 endings there uh (laughs) i i ultimately i ultimately ended up uh yeah. Also, like leaving Jane as well because like, I did not agree with uh, her holding out that information. Like this wouldn't have happened if she didn't. Uh, she, didn't mm. lie, she kind of lie about it. I know that Kenny was was also was also losing it, but I don't know. I just felt it was manipulative in some way to me.
1: I I completely agree with you. Although I still chose to stay with Jane just yeah. because it was like, listen, it's strength and numbers. Forgiveness is. What we need, and unfortunately, even though I absolutely detested what she did, it was like we gotta stay together.
0: Yeah, that that aspect, I I agree with you on that. I, I ultimately, yeah, I, uh, ultimately, ended up just being alone, and, and it's weird because you, you don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if they, uh, they're probably gonna make another season. I'm just curious to see how this carries over because, like, because my mm-hmm. cause the, my ending, it was just it was just Clementine and the baby, and it was just her alone. She had a hatchet, mm-hmm. and then there's this horde. There's these like horde of zombies off in the distance, and then she covers. She sees a zombie nearby and kills it, and you know rubs blood on her and the baby just to you know do that trick again. The the they get they get by them, and then just uh, that's how the game ends.
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, I got a completely different ending, which was um, Jane and uh, Clementine go back to the store that uh, Carver was running. And they find some baby formula, and there's like this this family that comes up and just you know in front of the gate, and they just ask, "Can we come in?" And it's this really kind of quiet, really awkward moment where it's like, "Yeah, are you alone or what?" And then like you you just let them in, and it it's not like, "Oh, surprise, they're bad guys," or "Oh, surprise, they're actually really good guys." They and they're not armed or anything, but it's. It's like this weird mix of you know they they seem desperate, you let them in, one of them has like a handgun, and Jane and Clementine sort of look at each other, and it just ends.
0: Mm.
1: and it's like do you like do you still trust people after this? and it's just I, I i I you know this was I thought this ending is just as strong, if not stronger, than the first season of The Walking Dead. I don't know about the rest of the season I've got, you know
0: yeah I think this episode I think this episode was the strongest of the of the, of the whole season for sure mm-hmm. oh yeah um yeah just uh, yeah it just really let me just just left me thinking a lot seeing what they're what they're gonna do with the next season For I don't know how this how they're gonna progress from this I don't know if this is the last season or they move or they will continue it but I'm Really curious to see what happens. I, I I've also seen some other some other alternate endings as well. I mean, you know, the one where, you know, you you, you know, Kenny kills Jane and then you you know you forgive Kenny and uh, there's a really touching touching scene as well where they they find they go to um, Wellington and they 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 accept they wouldn't accept uh, any more people but uh, I think only children or something like that and then Kenny ended up just. Really begging the the person who was keeping guard to let the, the Clementine and the baby in and you know Kenny was mm-hmm. just gonna be off on his own it was really it was, you had this really touching moment with uh with Kenny and uh, Clementine and then just it just uh it just Clementine going inside of uh, you know Wilmington and then just seeing Kenny you know walking away and and not turning back <laughs> and It's it's definitely well wow. definitely interesting.
1: <laughs> well done. I, I, if anything else, just well done Telltale. I didn't think you could break my heart any more than it already ha- happened at the end of uh season one. But I'll be damned if you guys didn't do it well.
0: Yeah, so really so really good. Really really good stuff.
1: Mhm. Yeah, so uh recommend I would definitely highly recommend this uh season and this episode and Telltale you guys have got some Damn good writers on your team.
0: Yeah, just, 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 it just really uh, reinforces the thought how, how, uh, how interested I am to see what they'll, what they'll do with the Game of Thrones when that comes out.
1: <laughs> Me too. It's just like, ooh, if they made the, this version of the Walking Dead depressing, just I can't wait for Game of Thrones, which is like all like ten characters in the first scene. Yeah, they die by the end of the second scene.
0: Goddamn. So yeah, that's uh yeah that's been our discussion. I, we definitely we, we definitely really wanted to get into that for sure on this one, the finale of season two of the Walking Dead for sure. Um, yeah, I think that'll be that'll be about it. I know it's uh we're gonna go ahead and head out here, folks. We definitely had a, we definitely had a good time getting back to getting back together, reconvening on uh, some of these some of these topics. We you know, we got movies discussed and some some games. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely for sure we'll uh we'll keep in touch folks. Uh, you can always send us some questions on Twitter and uh definitely you can listen to us on iTunes and also on the the Better Game Bureau's uh website, the dot com and uh alongside uh my YouTube channel as well. So if you guys are interested, uh, you know, occasionally I'll be streaming some games as well. And uh yeah, everything's Everything's going good so far in the in the world of streaming. Now that I got a better internet connection.
1: Yeah, excellent. We've got our YouTube channel. We got a uh, Better Gaming Bureau, iTunes, uh, Twitter, as you've already said, Splinter, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just uh, it, let it give us a comment or send us a question, and we'll read it. And uh, thank you so much for supporting us for all, after all this time.
0: Uh, that's right. So. um... Yeah, this will this will be the end of uh, one episode one fifty four, and uh, so we'll go ahead and head out of here, folks. You have a good day. Take care.
1: Alrighty, goodbye, everybody. Have a good day. Bye bye.